The Nashville Predators got their first win of the season last night against the Seattle Kraken. While it was a 60-minute game, two minutes in the third period really tell the story of the win and of this new Predators team. We're going to talk about those two minutes today on the Locked On Predators podcast. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Predators podcast, and thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are a part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Of course, cannot kick off any episode without first giving a huge shout out to our Locked On Predheads. Y'all are our everyday listeners who tune in to talk Predators hockey with us each day. We so appreciate you guys, and we love that you spend a little bit of your day with us each day day. Today's episode also brought to you by our great friends at Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. I am Ann Kimmel. I am a writer at the Hockey News, and I am, of course, usually joined by my partner in crime, Nick Morgan. But Nick is going to be off for a few days. But friends, we have so much to talk about after last night's game. Of course, the Nashville Predators get their first win of the season. They win that all-important home opener at Bridgestone Arena. And in that win were a lot of important kind of big moments. So first of all, let's talk about kind of the special moment ahead of the game. Andrew Burnett is officially announced as the head coach of the Nashville Predators pregame. They always announce the entire roster and the Predators staff, which I love at the first home game. So Andrew Burnett was announced. And let me tell you something. There was a roar in Bridgestone Arena when he walked out and waved and took his spot behind the bench. It was really a neat moment for him as a former Predator player and for his first welcome to Bridgestone Arena from the fan base. Kind of a cool moment there. Gus Nyquist, new Nashville Predator, got his first official regular season goal as a Nashville Predator. Let us not forget that famous actor UC Soros got a shutout last night and the Predators had a shorthanded goal. There is a lot for us to unpack from this great 3-0 win over the Seattle Kraken. But of course, you know, before we dive into any of the details, we have to start by sharing our one word to describe the game. And with Nick gone, I, of course, need all the help I can get sharing one word. So reached out on Twitter and appreciate all your answers. So let's take a look at what you all had to say about one word to describe this game. I'm going to start with Barry V. Barry V's one word, perfection. Come on, Barry V. I love this. He said, literally, it was practically a pretty perfectly played game. Also, bonus points on alliteration. Barry V nailed it with the tweet. But perfection. Not sure the Predators would say it was perfect, but by goodness. Uh, That was a really fun game to watch. Kira Perung said, no goals, which... 
Could there be a more perfectly timed shutout for UC Saros? Kira went on to say, but in all seriousness, delightful. Very fun hockey to watch. Hopeful for the season. Agree with absolutely all of that and the no goals. Could UC Saros have be, been any more precious? We kind of talked to him yesterday about the commercial and he was like, well, it's not very hard. I had two words and I just want to publicly remind UC Saros that there are no small parts. There are only small actors. He absolutely killed it. David Ann, his one word was yes. Yes. Yeah. We are doing this. The Nashville Predators are doing this. Uh, it, will it always look quite as good or feel quite as good this season as it did last night? I'm not sure, but yes, the Predators are doing this thing they're doing. Uh, Fleming Kyle, I love this one word. His one word, impressive. Now, is that really a word we would have anticipated coming in game two of a season with a new GM, a new head coach, a very different looking roster without some of the core players that the Predators have tried to rely on in past seasons. But I can't disagree with you. It was an impressive 60 minute win. So my one word to describe this game, you know, this is always a challenge, but I'm going to have to go with a quote from the queen herself, Aretha Franklin. My one word is respect, like mad R-E-S-P-E-C-T for this win. This win last night over the Seattle Kraken, this, my friends, was a respectable win. This was Predators playing 60 minutes of hockey. This was Every single player, y'all, every player played well. There was not one player who did not contribute something to that win last night, from uh, drawing a penalty to making the right pass to blocking a shot. This was a well-executed game for a team that is still learning, not perfect, still learning. I think we can all agree that there have been games in the past uh, that Nashville won, but as you were kind of walking out of Bridgestone Arena, the feeling wasn't impressive or excited or hopeful. It was one of those like, whew, dodged a bullet there, or like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for UC Soros. You know, you didn't always come away from a win feeling like it was respectable. This was a respectable win, was not perfect. There is more we need to see from this team, but you have got to respect the way the team earned this win against, let's face it, a really good Seattle Kraken team. I know the Kraken um, made some changes to their roster. Of course, we talked with Erica Ayala yesterday uh, on our Squidcast about the Kraken, the changes that they've been going through. But there is no denying that the Seattle Kraken is a talented team. This is a playoff contention team. So a big win for the Nashville Predators. Just in case you missed the game, let's just walk through just the quickest of recaps so we can dive into the juicy stuff. Predators got off to a good start, which you remember Andrew Brunette said was going to be a key to this game after a slow first period against Tampa Bay. Predators came out, good start. Game was tied 0-0 after the first period. Cody Glass headed to the penalty box for a slash in the second period. Erica told us yesterday that the power play for the Kraken still not where they want it to be. Nashville Predators capitalized on that. Cole Smith 
That's right. I said Cole Smith, y'all, made an absolute chef's kiss defensive play to get the puck and pass to Colton Sissons, who then lifted the puck with a backhand shot to score the first shorthanded goal of the season to give Nashville a one nothing lead in the second period. The third period, the Kraken came out with a little bit of punch early. Um, Colton Sissons headed to the penalty box for a slash about four and a half minutes into the period. Then we get into a two-minute penalty kill. And this is two minutes that we are going to dive into because this was two minutes where we saw a lot from the Nashville Predators on the ice, but we learned some things about the Predators and who this team wants to be. So two-minute penalty kill, Predators got through that. Later on, the Predators had a delayed penalty, Saros off the ice, extra attacker on, but before the whistle could blow, Gus Nyquist put the puck on net. It deflected in off of Adam Larson's skate. Friends, we don't ask how, we ask how many, giving the Nashville Predators a 2-0 lead midway through the third. Kraken went empty net with just under four minutes remaining, and Yuso Parsonen scored an empty net goal to make it a 3-0 final score. That was also Parsonen's second goal of the season. Wait, to come out hot, you so you see Saros 23 of 23 saves, his 21st career shutout. Uh, what a game from you see Saros! My goodness. So, we've talked about a shorthanded goal, we have talked about Gus Nyquist's first official regular season goal as a Nashville Predator. We're talking, you know, we've talked about UC Saros having a well timed shutout, but what really tells the story of this game and of this team is a two-minute penalty kill early in the third period. We're going to dive in and take a real close look at those two minutes coming up here in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Several years ago, my husband and I were traveling internationally when I ended up getting sick. I was across the globe from my primary care doctor, and I struggled to find effective over-the-counter medication until I could get home. Situations like this are why you need to check out Jace Medical. We all need to be able to take care of ourselves and our loved ones during the unexpected. And that is why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so you know you have access to medication in an emergency. And Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to license to pharmacy medication delivery, and they provide ongoing consultation and care. So don't get caught unprepared. You can get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So the Nashville Predators found themselves killing off a two-minute penalty in the third period. It was a one-nothing game at this point, so pretty critical penalty kill. To set the stage, Colton Sissons is your man in the box. This is not ideal, friends. One thing that we know about Colton Sissons is that he is an exceptional part of this penalty kill. He's one of the top penalty killing guys for the Nashville Predators. So not only are the Predators down a man, they are down an important man as Sissons sits in the box. Seattle comes in, they get set up in front of UC Saros. Uh, I believe it was uh, Ryan Patrick, McDonough, Cole Smith, Alexander Carrier, and Ryan O'Reilly on the penalty kill. 
Don't 100% quote me on that, but I'm 99% sure I nailed it. Seattle sets up. They are peppering the net. They are making passes. They are moving the puck. The penalty killers cannot get off the ice. They cannot get a clear. They are absolutely gassed. Friends, watching this penalty kill was a lot like watching the movie Das Boot about a submarine. Go watch it. It's a great German film, but it's about a submarine. And as you watch it, you find yourself short of breath vicariously. That is exactly how I felt watching this two-minute penalty kill because these guys were gassed. Here is what matters about this penalty kill. They are tired. They are down a man. They are down an important man. They are trapped in the zone. They do it anyway. Ryan McDonough has three blocked shots in a row. These guys uh, do everything that they can to kill off these two minutes. And when those two minutes end and Seattle does not tie the game, the air in the arena absolutely changed. The Predators then go on to get a second and a third goal. They get the win. But those two minutes right there, they tell us a lot about who this team is. Because let's face it. We are still learning this team. This is such a different Nashville Predators team. So let's dive in here and talk about what we're learning. And we're also going to listen to what head coach Andrew Burnett and Ryan Patrick had to say in, you know, coming up here. Now, Predators played a 60-minute game. Um and it was and it was a great game, really, from start to finish. They played a good, solid game. But Andrew Burnett really wanted to spend some time talking about that two-minute penalty kill in the third period. So this is what Burnett had to say uh, post-game about that kill. Yeah, you feel from. We've all been on the ice when you feel like that. And um, credit to Danny, he he's got them prepared, and he had a, a trigger for them when they do get tired. And I thought they played exactly the way they uh, he drew it up. So. Uh, and then the will, uh, you know, to, to watch, you know, Mac block shot after shot and O'Reilly and Smitty and, uh, you know, Carr um, probably epitomized the game, really. If you really took one little fragment of the game, that was probably what the game looked like, That meaning that, that will and that sacrifice is all evident in that one sequence. But he says the will, you know, this this team was hemmed in. They had their backs against the wall, but they found a way to really dig deep in those two minutes. And this is something that is becoming a part of the character of a very new Nashville Predators team. So let's talk about who did Andrew Burnett specifically mention? Of course, one person he talks about, Ryan O'Reilly. Friends, I, I kind of have joked about it recently. I could do an entire podcast. I could do an entire week's podcast on Ryan O'Reilly um, because Ryan O'Reilly is proving to be who Barry Trotz said he was. Of course, when you bring in a new player, when you bring in a big name, when you sign kind of the big fish in the offseason, you have to do a sell job to your fan base. Um, and Nashville, this time, it was especially true because the Predators were preaching a youth movement, movement, and then you bring in and you sign this veteran guy. But here is what Ryan O'Reilly is. He is the real deal. He is a power play contributor. He is just incredible on the penalty kill. He is fantastic five on five. This is a guy who plays such smart defense. Like as much as I know that he's an offensive guy, his two-way game is incredible. I love watching what he can do on defense. He is smart. He is offensive. 
Here's the other thing about Ryan O'Reilly that I'm noticing. Ryan O'Reilly is the player who makes other guys he plays with better. And that's something that Nick and I have talked about this Predators team needing. Where's the player who makes the other guys better? That's Ryan O'Reilly. The other thing about Ryan O'Reilly that I think is contagious is that this is a guy who wants to win. You know, remember what he said when he was introduced to the Nashville Predators uh, in his first media opportunity. He was like, I want to win. Like he was asked, why are you coming here? Like, this is a team resetting. This is a team that's going to take a step back to take a step forward eventually. Why are you here? And he's like, hey, why not us? Why can't we win? You know, Barry Trotz has used the, the phrase serial winner. And I'm kind of like, mm, I don't know how I feel about that. But here's the thing. There is something to be said for knowing what it takes. You know, people who were not high on the signing were like, you know, he's a little bit old. His best years are behind him. He sort of quit on Buffalo. I'm not sure he has it anymore. But Ryan O'Reilly has a lot of wisdom, a lot of knowledge, and this man knows what it takes. Uh, Andrew Burnett also in that clip talked about Cole Smith. Cole Smith is playing this season like he has something to prove. And friends, I say this with love. He doesn't have Jack to prove to anybody. <laughs> I know the fan base was merciless with Cole Smith last season. And it was pretty unfair because 99.9% .9 of it didn't have a darn thing to do with Cole Smith, but he has come out. He has had a great training camp. He really was a player who stood out in training camp as having elevated his game. Huge penalty killer. And again, that stretch pass to Sissons was chef's kiss, my friend, chef's kiss. Alexander Carrier, this is a player who does have something to prove. Alexander Carrier, this is the last year he is on a deal. All of the sudden, I don't know that any of us saw it coming, but he sort of feels like he is battling for his ice time. But this is a player who is smart, has a good offensive upside, and is willing to do the things he has to do for this team. And finally, you know, again, let's talk about players and could talk about for a week straight. Let's talk about Ryan Patrick McDonough. Ryan, uh, this is his second season, um, veteran leadership. Again, he has been there before, but let's talk about what he did in those two minutes. Three blocked shots in a row. Um, terrifying. I'm going to be honest with you. Sitting in Bridgestone Arena, you see it unfold in slow motion. You see him go down, and fortunately, he does turn his head away. But you see him go down, and you hear that puck bounce off him. And I'm thinking, that man is going to be very, very sore today. Uh, does what needs to be done. And it, this is what I love about the Predators naming Ryan O'Reilly and Ryan Patrick as alternate captains, because you have two players who have won and they will do whatever it takes because they have seen what doing what it takes can get you. It gets you the cup and not doing those things just isn't going to cut it. You know, they know the difference. And so watching what Ryan McDonough did on the ice was just incredible in that two minute penalty kill. It really sets a model of resiliency, of digging in, of being willing, you know, the will to win. Um, I also think it's important what Ryan O'Reilly and Ryan McDonough do off the ice for this team. So this is what Ryan McDonough had to say about the penalty kill and about blocking those shots after the game last night. Yeah, it was a long one. Those ones happen. And, 
yeah, that's that's the price you got to pay to win games at times, and our group recognizes that, and and uh, everybody's supporting one another, and and the energy on the bench was huge, and and um, like I said, it's just kind of uh, the dedication you need in all scenarios, all situations, the little things add up, and that was a big difference there. Yeah, I mean it's part of the job, and uh, I know anybody else in that position would would put their body in the line too. That's the kind of group we have, and uh, like I said, we know the little things like that make a difference as far as winning and losing games. So one nothing game there, we, we get a huge kill and and uh, kind of take over from there. So Ryan McDonough says things like, "Hey, that's the price you've got to pay to win games. This is the dedication that you need." He knows that, but what is so important? Not just what he did on the ice, but it's what he says about this team in the locker room after room afterward. Ryan Patrick is speaking life over this team. He is setting culture with his words. He said, "Anyone else would have done it." So you have Ryan O'Reilly and you have Ryan Patrick, and these are guys who are contributing to building a new culture. And it is very new in that locker room, friends. Very different vibe among the team, just from the outside kind of looking in at practices and talking with some players. But they're doing it not just with what they do on the ice, which is impressive, but they're doing it with their words. They are speaking this team into maturity. Like the drive is there. This team is pulling in the same direction together. Like there is a cohesiveness. There is a confidence among this very new, very diverse, very different group. But here's what's so important. These veterans are absolutely claiming it. Like not a big fan of the like religious name it and claim it. But when Ryan Patrick says in a post-game interview this team, like there's a player, every player would have done it. This is what everyone else would have done. It turns your teammates into people who will do anything. You know, he is really speaking life over this team. He is setting a culture with his words on ice example, off ice conversation, the way that the veterans are speaking about these young players. It's huge. And those two minutes really showcase what the Nashville Predators are committed to doing on the ice. And it also showcases the tone and the culture and the requirements that they are setting off the ice in the locker room. And it's going to be so important down the line, those little conversations, those blocked shots, those we'll do whatever it takes to keep that puck away. Big two minutes tells you a lot about the Nashville Predators. Now, this was not, of course, a perfect game, and this is not a perfect team yet. Want to be clear, Andrew Brunette, Gus Nyquist, Ryan McDonough in their post games, they talked about like, here are the great things that happened in this game, but we've got a long way to go. This is a team still learning. This is a team that still has a lot of things to work on. But where this team started out, what we saw from this team in the split squad doubleheader first outing in the preseason against Florida, and what we saw from this team last night, trending in the right direction. We are going to talk about some of the things that the Predators do need to do better as they head to Boston to take on the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. We're going to talk about those improvements and let's do a quick game preview. We're going to do that coming up just one second. This episode is brought to you by the Sleeper app. The NHL season is finally here, and Nashville Predators fans are wondering what to expect from a very different-looking team. If you're playing fantasy hockey and you need all the inside information on Tommy Novak or Philip Forsberg, you need to check out the Sleeper app. 
The Sleeper app is the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network, and it's my go-to for fantasy sports, especially when it comes to fantasy hockey. If you like to talk hockey, you can join with other Predators fans to talk about what the team is doing and get some opinions on your fantasy team. You can join a team chat right there on Sleeper. And with Sleeper, you can get 100 times your cash on daily fantasy. Just pick more or less on stats for your favorite Preds player. Stats like goals, assists, saves, or even plus minus. That's right, Preds fans, 100 time payout on Sleeper. So start paying attention and get your picks right away to win big. This app is easy to use and your entries can be made in under a minute. So download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's promo code LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Big 3-0 win over the Seattle Kraken last night, but only game two in an 82-game season. The Predators are heading off to Boston. They are going to be taking on the Boston Bruins tomorrow night. So what needs to be better? Lots of good things last night to build on, but what needs to be better? First of all, let's dive in and talk about the power play. There are a lot of things going for the power play, but there's a lot of things about what's happening on the man advantage that are very different, that the Predators are kind of working through some of that uncomfortableness. There is no Matt Duchesne. There is no Ryan Johansson. Those guys were staples on the power play for several seasons. They're no longer here. Yes, brought in Ryan O'Reilly and, you know, we've got some other weapons, but it's a very different looking power play. Also, different system. Andrew Burnett is in charge of the power play. He uh, came out and said that he is in charge of the power play unless it sucks, in which case somebody else is in charge of the power play. Mad props for that, Andrew Burnett. I feel that. I do that with parenting. Like if my kid acts up, I'm like, it's my husband's kid. But it's a new system, a new coach in charge. So they are still learning. They're still reading each other. Um, and here's the other thing. There's just not much momentum to build on. Let's face it. Last year, the power play, woof, 17% success rate. It's not like they're carrying a lot of momentum into this season. So a lot about this power play is starting from scratch different player combinations on the ice. So they're learning how to read each other differently. I got a chance to talk to Philip Forsberg about the power play. And, and, you know, he had some really good observations about it. He's like, we have a lot of important things in place. You know, some of the things that he pointed out, you have Roman Yossi and Tyson Berry out there. You have two very mobile defensemen. Both of them are excellent at shooting and passing. So those are key components to the power play. Uh, Forsberg also talked about, you know, you've got Ryan O'Reilly and Cody Glass, who are these big bodies that are playing a lot of net front time on the power play. So they can screen, they can scoop up rebounds, they can clear some space net front. So that's a good piece coming together. Now, last night, Tommy Novak didn't play on the top unit. Uh, he has been for a lot of the preseason, and he did um, in the game against Tampa Bay. You know, and Forsberg pointed out, like, this is a young guy who can do most everything well. Now, last night on the power play on the top unit, Brunette went with the two defensemen, Yossi and Barry, on the top unit. The second unit, Phil Tomasino, Luke Evangelista, Tommy Novak, Alexander Carrier, and Gus Nyquist. 
Um, Ryan O'Reilly's comments about the power play, like we're getting there, but it just takes time to get comfortable. You know, we're going to have to play cleanly if we're going to want to be successful. It was so funny last night when the Predators had their opportunities on the power play. They, they had some good looks, but you literally could feel the crowd almost throwing up the words, shoot the puck, <laughs> because... You know, the power play last season was a lot, a lot, a lot of passing and not a lot of shots on goal. And so you could feel this restlessness as the power play goes on and the Predators didn't get a shot off, you know, early, uh, did not convert on a five on three opportunity, which was disappointing. So there is some work to be done on the power play. It's coming along, but there is work to be done there. And that's something the Predators have to get better at if they want to be successful this season. You've got to have a good power play. What is interesting is looking at these first two games, looking at five of the six periods of regular season hockey that we've seen from the Predators. Some of the things that last season we would say, gosh, the Predators need to clean this up, have actually been okay. Thinking back to the game yesterday, exiting the defensive zone, great passes, clean passing to get out of the zone, not a lot of turnovers exiting the zone, which is something that the Predators have battled and that have cost them goals. Um, carrying the puck through the neutral zone. This is a team that's transitioning quickly through the neutral zone. Let's hear it for shots on net. Nashville Predators outshot the Seattle Kraken 35 to 23. I'm loving the offense that's being generated. Need to finish some of those. Don't, don't hear me. Like, got to finish some of those, but they're getting shots on net. And again, penalties had, you know, two last night. Seattle had uh, two power play chances. At one point, Forsberg was in the box, but it was a four on four. So, you know. I'm going to call that one a wash. So penalties, something to keep an eye on, but really they played much more disciplined than they did against Tampa Bay. Those things are still going to need to be good tomorrow night, y'all, because the Nashville Predators head to Boston. They are playing the Bruins. The Bruins 1-0. They beat Chicago 3-1 on Wednesday night. Very different looking Boston team. Of course, you've had some retirement. You've had some moves. They have a new captain. Brad Marchand is the new captain. I feel like if you lick a guy ever, it should be a disqualification from a captain. But I know the Bruins fans love him. He brings a lot of energy. So I think he's it's it's a new era. It's a new era in, in Boston. But you still have, you know, some great weapons. Of course, you have Marchand, you have David Pasternak. Um, they brought in Morgan Geeky. And of course, the Boston Bruins have Linus Olmark, who was the Vesna winner last season in net again. Um, also, as a side note, Linus Olmark is so charming. Nick and I got a chance to chat with him on the red carpet at the award show, and he is like six feet, I don't know how many inches of delight. So even though we need to make him pay tomorrow night, you know, even though we want the Predators to, to dominate tomorrow night, delightful fellow. But this is a different Boston team roster wise. Of course, they are not as, you know, they're not expected to do as well this season as last season. Part of that is just the change in their roster. Part of that is it's hard to be a record setting team two seasons in a row. Here is where you have to be really careful with Boston. They still have great weapons. They still have a, a core that can get this done. They do so many things well. And it's also a team that won the President's Trophy and then lost in the first round. 
this Boston team is going to come out with something to prove. They are not happy about how last season went. So this is going to be a real challenging game for the Predators. Nick and I have talked about it. October, nothing easy is coming in October. And this is one of those games that's really going to be a challenge. So what are the keys for the Nashville Predators? Tomorrow night against Boston. Number one, stay out of the box, y'all. There are no snacks in the sin bin, not even in Boston. Um, Boston had the top four. They were fourth in power play last season. Um, and here's what's interesting. They were excellent at home. They struggled a little bit on the road, but man, at home on the power play, they can convert. So stay out of the penalty box for the love of all that's good. Second thing, we need another quick start. This has to be a 60-minute game, very much like Tampa. The Predators with UC Soros were able to survive a slow start. Cannot do that against Boston. It's just not fair to UC Soros either. So come on out, 60 minutes of hockey. Third thing for me, I would love to see Philip Forsberg get on the board. Philip Forsberg hasn't scored yet, only two games in, but you want to talk about a player who is doing so many things well. In the game last night, he did not score. You could tell he wanted to. He is so hungry. Philip Forsberg is so hungry, and it's fun to watch. Ryan O'Reilly, great line mate for him. But want to see him finish. He's playing great defense. He's just making smart moves. Um, so many things going well for his season. Want to see him finish tomorrow night. Now, Puck Drop is scheduled Saturday night, 6 p.m. They are playing up in Boston. Of course, you know that we are going to have the full game recap on Monday. And on Monday's show, we are going to kick off the first regular season, plus minus for the Nashville Predators. So be sure to tune in to Locked on Predators podcast here. In the meantime, Saturday night after the game, head on over to Twitter and share your one word for how the game went against Boston. You can find the podcast on Twitter at LO underscore Predators. You can also search for us on Instagram and Facebook. We are cool now. We're there. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at Ann K underscore Mama on Ice. And you can check out my work about the Predators at the Hockey News at InsideThePreds.com. Thank you again for tuning in to this episode of Locked on Predators. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. I will be back on Monday with a game recap and with plus minus. In the meanwhile, y'all have a great weekend.